Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Can we please open to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. We'll be reading from the Amplified Classic Version. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. The Amplified Classic Version. The Classic. Are you ready? Okay, good. Church, can we read together? One, two, ready and read. The grace, the favor, spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the presence and fellowship, the communion and sharing together and participation of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So be it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful. We're a grateful church. Grateful for your goodness, your kindness, your favor, and your mercies. Thank you, Lord, for this month. Thank you, Lord, for your mercies that are new every morning. You daily load us with benefits. We have received our benefits of today. And so we are grateful. As we've come to your word, to receive of your word, we ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, let there be light. Let your light come forth with such power and accuracy. Let it hit your people where they need it most. And may they be empowered to live lives helped by you. In the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that I'm taken completely away from this equation. That I'll just be a vessel to speak your word to your people. I ask to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Let them be strengthened with might by your spirit in their inner man. And they enter into this week strengthened by the spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. And the church shouted, Amen. All right. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 to 4, the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 to 4, if you can open it, that will be good. We see an important scripture there. And the scripture that we read before that, it talked about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion, I like the way the classic says it, the participation of the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you look at your life, there is supposed to be a participation of the Holy Spirit in your decision-making, in your lifestyle, in your going out, your coming in, in the very details of your life. The Holy Spirit wants to participate. He wants to be involved. That's why Jesus sent him to you. But then we look at what is, who is the Holy Spirit? We're talking about today the inward witness, the person of the Holy Spirit. I will try as much as possible to compress the message today and not uh, there's so much to cover when it comes to the Holy Spirit I mean he's the third person hallelujah the third person of the Trinity Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth there was a specific geographic location called the heavens and the earth with coordinates that God created something tangible something we could see but then verse 2 now says and the earth was without form and void. If we look at the remaining part of Genesis chapter 1, we know that when God creates something, it's good. Am I correct? 
Am I correct? It's good. The Bible says he created the sun and the moon and he saw that it was good. He created the stars. He saw that it was good. He created the animals. said the seas and the firmament below should be separated from the firmament above. And, you know, water, and, sorry, the water below, water separated from above. And, you know, and everything that he saw was good. So when he says it was without form and void, Bible scholars tell us that there's something that happened between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And what happened was, Bible talks about how Satan was in heaven. He was Lucifer. He was the anointed cherub that sings. And Bible says that he, iniquity was found in him or in today's terms. Something was corrupted in his operating system. Hallelujah. There was just corruption in the operating system. And he began to assume and take decisions beyond the boundaries like Jude 1. Jude chapter 1 tells us beyond the boundaries which God created for him. And then what happened was, Bible says, and God cast him down. And Bible says, oh earth, woe unto you. So it seems to us that there was certain existence on the earth before Adam was created. Hallelujah. So let's go on. Verse 2 says, and the earth was without form and void. Form and void. If you look at the word form, it was talking about structure. Without form, you will not be able to stand if you did not have a structure. Something that is holding you up is your skeleton. If you took out your skeleton, you will be a mass of, of flesh and meat that will have to be rolled rolled, rolled around. Hallelujah. But there's a structure that is holding your frame up. And the Bible says the earth was without form. Bible says, and the earth was void. The word void there talks about emptiness and nothingness. It talks about the absence of substance. In other words, there were two things that were there. There was an absence of structure and an absence of substance. Come on, say absence of structure. An absence of substance. Let me say this to you. If you are going to build anything that is going to last, there has to be a structure and a substance. The substance is what people can engage with and the structure is what is going to sustain it. So if you look at whatever it is that you're handling, you lead a team or you're handling a business or you're working, you're just simply at a desk, an analyst or simply a member of a team, there has to be a structure and a substance to what it is that you're doing. He said the earth was without form and void. And if you see the word there, it says, if it's void, it talks about emptiness. But in the very next phrase, it says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. I think that's a, that is something that we need to explore very well. Because if it says that the earth was empty, but it now says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. In other words, or the deep waters. That means that there was waters and then there was the presence of darkness upon it. In other words, if we looked at the earth at that point, if we assumed that it was flat at that point, we would see only two layers, waters and darkness at the top. Let me say this to you. Darkness has always existed. And as long as this earth remains, darkness will always exist. But that is the purpose of light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the purpose of light. And the Bible says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. I have my Bible here and I have my iPad. In other words, if you consider the, what the earth was, there was darkness like this. But then I like what happened next. Bible says, and Bible introduces to us, the, one of the persons in the Trinity. He says, and the Spirit. 
Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In other words, I'm going to go back to that word hovering. Bible says that the Spirit of God was hovering. That means that in the space between the darkness and the waters, the Holy Spirit entered into that space. He lifted up and created an opportunity for light to come like we're going to see. What does that word hovering mean? Hovering. If we, one of the that word translated hovering was what was used to translate what was happening when God was describing the eagle's nest. Bible says that the eagle was hovering over her young. That means that he was moving around, hovering. It's almost like uh, also like the uh, the uh, the positioning of a helicopter, just suspended in the air, moving to and fro, surveying and checking and analyzing and looking and checking and creating a structure and a substance that was going to enable light to show up hovering come on say hovering another word hope that the translated hovering there talks about the word to brood what does it mean to brood you know the word to brood means to think deeply about something and as I meditated on that word, on that, on that very phrase, I could imagine the, the Holy Spirit like a scientist beginning to put chemicals together and begin to put the structure that the, the earth and gravity was going to be able to be suspended with. He began to put the earth and the structure that he was going to be able to say that the sea, you cannot pass this boundary. Have you noticed it? How powerful and how raging the sea is. There are certain boundaries that it cannot get to. Hallelujah. There is a structure that is holding it together and it was the job of the Holy Spirit. He was Rooting and putting things together, looking at how the earth is going to keep revolving around the sun and how the moon is going to keep revolving around the earth and to ensure that they are in place. We have not yet, we are yet to see the day that the moon is going to fall to the earth. May it not fall where we are here on earth. Amen. <laughs> Why? Because there is something that is holding it together. And then after he had put all these structures together, another word for hovering is when he scatters the nest. It's scattered the existing formation. Say, darkness, your time is up. Darkness, your time is up. And when all these structures were put together, Bible says in the next verse, and God said, light. You see that word, when it says, let there be light, it's English inability to accurately translate Hebrew. You know, there are certain words in Yoruba or Igbo, for example, that you look for a way to describe it. You have to use a sentence. Hallelujah. For example, how do you translate into a word in English? It's not possible. You have to use a sentence. When he said, let there be light, no, that's not what happened. Bible knew, God knew that the Holy Spirit had done his work and all he did was sit on his throne and say light I want to say to you this morning you may be here you are leading a team you are handling a project and it seems as though in fact what I saw accurately when I prayed this morning I saw a young man what had happened was you had got your place of work in fact what the economy is tough we cannot go on anymore. It's time to wind down. That's darkness. Somebody say light. Oh, no, you don't sound like you believe it. Somebody say light. No, you don't sound like you're convinced. Somebody say light. 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 It may look gleam and grim. The remaining four months of this year, how are we 
going to survive. Somebody say light. I can't hear you say light. Light. Be. So the Holy Spirit was the one that created the form and the substance and everything that was going to create an opportunity for light to show up. For light to show up. Light. Who then is this powerful Holy Spirit? Let's go into God's word as you see different things that he has done. Different places that he's appeared. Different things that he's executed. Job 33 and verse 4. Write this down. Number one, he was there at creation and he continues to create. Job 33 and verse 4. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. The Spirit of the Lord has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Let me say this to you. What is keeping you alive is not biology. What is keeping you alive it's not the food that you eat. Many have eaten themselves to death. What keeps you alive is the Holy Spirit. He is the constant supplier of life, upholding your life together. He was there at your creation and he remains there all through your life. Ensuring that this flesh, no wonder he said, my spirit will not strive with man continually. His days shall not be 120 years. That's what he said. He was there at creation and continues to create. In other words, what creates a child is not the male seed hitting the woman's egg. No. The custodian and the controller general of that process of fertilization, incubation, birthing is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God has made me the breath of the Almighty gives me life. This ought to give us some perspective about life. Hallelujah. Gives us some perspective about life. Let's go on. We also see in the Old Testament that he came upon specific people, especially the prophets, to speak God's counsel. Numbers chapter 11 and verse 17. Numbers 11 and verse 17. A bit of background. The people of Israel had complained that they wanted to eat meat. They wanted to eat pepper chicken, roasted chicken, grilled chicken with barbecue sauce. They had been eating manna and they were tired of manna. They had done everything that they could with the manna. Before they were eating it raw, after a while they started to grind it and to bake it and turn it to different things, but they were tired. And then they began to complain. And they came to Moses and the Bible says the Lord was distraught. And Moses said, oh God, this burden is too much for me. How am I going to bear the burden of 600,000 men that have come out of Israel, of Egypt? I need help. I need somebody to bear this burden. And this was God's answer. Listen to this. And then I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take of the spirit that is upon. Somebody shout upon. I can't hear you say upon. I will take of the spirit that is upon you 
and I will put the same upon them. Now we know that something happened in the Garden of Eden after God had breathed life into Adam. The Bible says that Adam died. And we know that man is a spirit according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 26. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in this physical body. Some, if Adam died and it was his spirit that died, God could not relate to man based on his spirit anymore because there was no connection anymore. God had to relate with man based on what was happening on the outside. So that's why he said, and the spirit that will come upon you and will put upon them and they will bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. Let's see verse 25. This was God speaking to Moses about what he was going to do. Verse 25 now shows when he actually did it. And then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same on the 70 elders. And it happened that when the spirit rested up on them, they prophesied. What is prophecy? Prophecy is inspired speech. Come on, say inspired speech. Inspired speech, inspired talk. That means that you did not think about it, but it came from somewhere that was external to you. Inspired speech. Inspired speech. Let's see Balaam. Numbers chapter 24, verse 1. So as the Spirit came upon them, they prophesied. They began to declare certain things. Numbers 24 verse 1, we'll read quickly. And now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as of other times to seek to use sorcery, but he set his face towards the wilderness. Next verse. And Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came. What? I can't hear you came. I can't hear you came. The Spirit of God came up on him. Next verse. And he took up his oracle and said, as a result of the Spirit of God coming upon him, he began to say certain things. In Numbers chapter 11 that we read earlier, there was no record of what was said, but they said that they prophesied. But here we have a record of what was said. The utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor. The utterance of the man whose eyes are open. May your eyes be open in the name of Jesus. Next verse. How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel. I, I, I want to change this, hallelujah, and prophesy over the new. Come on, check it back, check it back, check it back. <laughs> How lovely are your tents, O the new, your dwellings, O the new. Next verse. Your tents will be lovely in the name of Jesus. Like valleys that stretch out. May God give you space in the name of Jesus. Like gardens by the Opa. Linga Matoni Barikalakara. Be gardens by the riverside. Like others and aloes that are planted by the Lord. Like feathers beside the waters. Hallelujah. Next verse. He shall pour water from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agog, and his kingdom shall be exalted. May your kingdom be exalted in the name of Jesus. God brings you out of Egypt and he has strength like a wild ox. He shall consume the nations, his enemies, and he shall break their bones and pierce them with his arrows. Next verse. And he bows down and lies down as a lion and as a lion who shall rouse him. Blessed is he that blesses you and cursed is he who curses you. Come on, say, believe in amen. A prophecy inspired thoughts by God. When the Spirit came up, 
by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's see what David said. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 25. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 25. Now these are the last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse. Thus says the man who raised up on high. Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. Next verse. Look at what he said here. He said, the spirit of the Lord speak by me and his word was on my tongue. In other words, when David was writing those psalms, he was not just the one that was thinking about it or cooking it. There was a stirring of something upon him that caused him to write those psalms and to write those proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1 and chapter 2 and verse 3 and chapter 3, when he was speaking to his son, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Let them not depart out of your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life, those souls that find them and hell to all their flesh. He was inspired. As he talked about it, come on, say inspired. David. And I like what Peter said in 2 Peter 1 and verse 21. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. Are you learning something this morning? Let's go to verse 20. Yes, verse 20. Let's go back to verse 20. Knowing that first, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. Next verse. For prophecy never came by the will of man. Oh, thank God. God's prophecies concerning you is not by the will of man. Because man can change his mind. I want to give you some money today, but then he changes his mind tomorrow and says, no, I'm sorry, I can't give you. Dollar has gone up. But just give me whatever. Man can change his mind. But I am the Lord. I change not. He doesn't change his mind. Hallelujah. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Come on, say moved by the Holy Spirit. So we see then that the Holy Spirit came upon prophets especially to say and to declare his counsel. Let's see his work in the life of several actors. In the Old Testament. Let's look at priests. The book of Exodus chapter 30, verse 25. Exodus 30 and verse 25. I shall make from these an anointing oil, a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. Next verse. We're going to verse 30. With it you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting and the ark of the testimony. Next verse. The table and its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils, and the altar of incense. 28. And the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the lever and the base, the lever and the base. And it shall consecrate them that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be holy. Next verse. And it shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. In other words, prior to the time when Aaron was serving as Moses' mouthpiece, he was in the books, it was written concerning him that he should be a priest. But until this anointing came up on him, he was not commissioned into that office. There was an empowerment. 
empowerment that came upon Aaron as soon as that anointing oil touched him and commissioned him into the office of the priest. Come and say, upon. Leviticus chapter 8 and verse 10 to 13, we see what happened, how Moses fulfilled um, the instructions of God. Let's go to the book of Judges chapter 3. Judges. We've talked about priests. Now let's talk about the judges. Judges chapter 3 and verse 9 to 10. And when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. Next verse. And the Spirit of the Lord did what came upon him. And he judged Israel and went out to war. And the Lord delivered Cusha-Rithina. Cusha remained blessed. The king of Mesopotamia into his hand. And his hand prevailed over Cusha. There is a sweet anointing in the sanctuary. There is a stillness in the atmosphere. Come and lay down the burdens you have carried. For in this sanctuary, God is here. where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty what that means is I can make a pot of gold available here but it's your choice to lay hold on it you may have entered here this morning with literal weight that is seen on your face and on your shoulder lay it down how do you lay it down you say Holy Spirit I roll it over to you he says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares about you affectionately and he cares for you watchfully. In other words, he's not going to pause and stop until that care is dealt with. Roll it over to him. Roll it over to him. Roll it over. Roll it over. There is nobody that puts anything in his hands and it falls. There's nobody that puts anything in his hands and it destroys. Nobody puts anything in his hand and it fails. Roll it over to him this morning. Just help me stay on that song. Hallelujah. And we see judges. If you go on, you see what happened with um, Samson. How the power of God came upon him. And he broke chains. He broke chains. Loose bands that were put upon him. Because the spirit of God came upon him. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 3. We see what had happened. The Bible says, And I filled him with the spirit of, holy, of 
the spirit of God in wisdom and ability, intelligence, understanding, knowledge, and all manner of craftsmanship. God came upon skilled people for them to wrought special, mighty, and beautiful things upon, upon, upon. And then we see kings. Bible talks about how Samuel prophesied to Saul. He said, the spirit of the Lord will come mightily upon you. And you'll be turned into another man. And you prophesy. And the Bible says about how, and the spirit of God came upon him. And he was in the company of the prophets. And then he prophesied. And then there was a proverb that was said, is Saul also among the prophets. Same thing happened with David when, Saul, when Samuel put the horn of oil and poured upon him. Bible says that from that day, the Spirit of the Lord rested upon him. Upon. Come on, say upon. If we look through the Old Testament, his work was limited to mental capacity. His work was limited to coming upon people to perform certain functions. His work was limited they could not have a personal relationship. Please follow me closely this morning. Let's see the book of Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 30. In spite of all the mighty and great and powerful things that were done in the Old Testament, there was still an issue and a challenge. Nehemiah 9 and verse 30. I'll just read. Yet for many years you had patience with them and testified against them by your spirits in your prophets yet they will not listen therefore you give them to the hands of the peoples of the lands in other words the system that God was operating with the Old Testament God only the Holy Spirit will only come on a selected few the priests, the judges the kings, the skilled people the prophets but there was a longing in the heart of God to reach you and I there was a longing in the heart of God to invade our spaces. It felt like God was chained in the, in the Holy of Holies. He always wanted to come out. But there was a limiting force. Because he could not behold iniquity. And until the price was paid by the precious blood of Jesus. If he visited man with his presence, there would have been chaos upon the earth. And then every year, one day, they will offer blood upon that place. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 24. Let's see Ezekiel 36 and verse 24. What was God's plan? What was God's plan? He was there at the beginning. He was there. And then he came in. When man fell, he could only come upon man to perform certain functions. Ezekiel 36 and verse 24. at what he said here. He said, I will take you from among the nations and gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. Talking about redemption. And you will be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Then what he says, verse 27, I will put my spirit within. He that told all we had seen was his spirit upon. But then the God, the Father longed for a time where the spirit will be within. Come on, say, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. Can I have my 
tools. I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and it shall heed my ordinances and do them. What does this mean? He was telling us here that the real solution to easily being led and easily following the decrees and the commands of God is to have the Holy Spirit resident on your inside. It was one thing where he spoke to them from the top of a mountain. It was one thing where he spoke to them from the top of, from, the, from a prophet or through a prophet or through a priest or through a seer. But then God wanted to change the formation. He wanted to speak to you directly because he knew that there was something about you. So what was going on here? Let's assume. I know it doesn't look like a heart. It looks more like a bottle. But let's just assume that this is a heart. Heart of what? Heart of what? Heart of what? If the Holy Spirit invades this, it will destroy it. So what would he do? Spirit upon. The best that the Old Testament could have was this. Spirit upon. Spirit upon. Let's open our Bibles to the book of John chapter 4 and verse 14. Let's see what is going to happen here now. Whoever drinks Jesus speaking, whoever drinks of the water that shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become, I'd like you to shout that word, will become, no, 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 before the fountain, will become, come on, say in him. I can't hear you say in him. Will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. If God put his Holy Spirit inside of stone, it cannot permeate because the stone is formed and petrified. But then he said he will give us a heart of flesh. Water in him. water in him if he puts it in the heart of flesh that has been redeemed set free brought bought there's space for him to invade there's space for him to leave he can help you deal with challenges he can help you deal with habits he can help you wash away he can help you sanctify he can help you cleanse inside he can live inside of you. If we put it here, there's no space for him. But in the heart of flesh, there's space for him. And then after this, when he's done with within, he didn't say he was going to cancel the spirit upon. <laughs> after he has invaded you and changed your life from inside, then he comes. Which has a better impact? Spirit within and spirit upon. Come on, say spirit within. 
and spirit upon. Inside and upon. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1 to 2, I'll begin to close now. Bible talks about how Jesus began to prophesy about Jesus. He said, and it shall come forth a rod that stem out of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Next verse. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and the might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 61, another prophecy. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. All these were for him to carry out his function and his redemptive work and his prophetic work. But then we see something happen in the book of Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. God was looking for a vessel. Mary presented herself and then the angel appeared and announced to her that she shall be with child. And she asked an important question. She said, how shall these things be? And then the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And the power of the most high shall overshadow you. Therefore also the holy one that is to be born will be called the son of God. In other words, before the formation was before man could be born. Man had to come with woman. And there had to be a collaboration. But in this, God took man out of the way. And by himself... He put his seed right there in Mary's womb. And then she conceived. Let's see verse 38. Verse 38 quickly. How then did she conceive and receive that seed? And then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. At that very moment, something happened within her. No wonder the Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, it says the word became flesh. This word that she said, be talk to me according to your word. It became flesh inside of her. And then she conceived that baby for nine months and birthed him. Hallelujah. And then in Luke chapter 3, we see a fulfillment. <laughs> Bible says, and then when he went to the waters and was baptized, I came out praying and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And from then on, we began to see the manifestation. But all the while, what was the difference? For 30 years, we had no clue what happened to his life, except when he went to the temple at 12 years old. What was happening then? Somebody say communion. Somebody say communion. Somebody say communion. Somebody say koinonia. Bible says he went to the temple and he was asking questions, both inquiring and discovering himself in scripture. Koinonia. Listen, let me say this to you. Koinonia must precede the anointing upon. Or else you get the anointing upon and what is going to happen is you may become a casualty. But when there's a fellowship and a relationship between you and the Holy Spirit, what happens? It's easy to carry out the work. Mark chapter 3 and verse 14. Let's see what Jesus said. Mark 3 and verse 14. And he appointed 12 that they might. Let's read this together. One, two, ready and read. And he appointed 12. All right. Let's read together. One, two, ready and read. No, no, no. Media, are you with us? Alright, let's go. One, two, ready, and read. What was the first thing? What was the first thing? 
that it might be with him. That it might be with him. Koinonia precedes the sending out. That it might be with him. You want to emerge and take the top of your industry. You want to emerge and be the best. You want to take the center stage. Have you been with him? Therein lies the secret to your leading. Because David had been with him in the backside of the desert. He had dealt with the lion. He had dealt with the bear. Goliath was a cheap dog, to be honest. Because he had been with him when there was nobody else. He had been with him. There was nobody that was shining the camera on him. He didn't have the lights and the stage and the cameras on. It didn't feel like he was everything and the, and the, man, on the and man of the hour. No. He was with him in the desert. Learning, discovering, relationship, koinonia. And then after he showed us that template, you come to me before I send you out. And then he made this statement. John chapter 14 and verse 12. John chapter 14, everything that he could do. John chapter 1 to verse 13. And then he brought his disciples together. And he began to unveil to them the next plans. He says, most assuredly I tell you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go to my father. Next verse. It's a long read. I'm going somewhere. And whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Next verse. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Next verse. <laughs> if you love me, keep my commandments. This requirement again. Keep my commandments. Obey my instructions. Obey my laws. Follow my leading. Follow my example. He says, and I will pray the Father and he will send you another comforter that he may abide with you. Koinonia. His first introduction to, for the Holy Spirit was that he will be with us forever. You see, a witness. Okay, don't let me go ahead of myself. That he may abide with you forever. Next verse. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Not only upon, but in you and with you in Koinonia. In you and with you in Koinonia. It says the Father seeks such to worship him. Those who worship him in spirit and in truth. If there was ever a desire of God, he desires souls, yes. But he desires worship in spirit and in truth. He desires a fellowship and a relationship. I mean, Adam had just backstabbed God. And immediately he showed up in the cool of the day to have fellowship and relationship. And then here we are. Some of us, we wake up and then we just go into the day. You don't acknowledge what you carry in you and who is with you. And then you go into the day. And then you don't, you've, not, you've not calibrated your day. You know what calibrated day means? To set, to set the precedence and to set the experiences that you ought to have. Oh yes, you can. 
Oh, yes, you can. He says, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into it, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says. What empowers you to have whatsoever you say is because God has inspired you to say what you ought to say in the place of koinonia. John 15 and verse 26, he said, I'll send you another comforter. He says, and he will testify of me. You see, these words are, they are legal terms. Do you know what it means to testify? So we know what has happened in the past few months in our nation and how that certain people have been called to give testimony concerning certain legal cases. What does it mean, what does it mean to testify, to give a case? and to give evidence and to declare the Holy Spirit's job inside of you is to give you evidence of certain things. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 and verse 4. He said, and he will bear witness. The Spirit himself bears witness. Who is a witness? Somebody that says, I was there. I was there when she was redeemed. I was there when God provided for him. I was there when he was set free. I was there when you were raised from the dead. I was there. A witness. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Legal terms. What does he bear witness about? Let's go to Romans chapter 8. What does he bear witness about? I'll just run through this. Number 1. Romans 8 and verse 1. Numbers 1 and 2. There is therefore, I'd like us to read this together. One, two, ready and read. There is therefore now no to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Next verse. the law of the spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death write this down the Holy Spirit bears witness that I'm free from sin you see if you go into the prison today there are several people that are there illegally no charge no court process they were just incarcerated and put there in prison. All they lacked was a witness that he was not the one. Right here today, there may actually be a habit that you're struggling with. A bad habit. It can be pornography. You find it difficult to let money go that is not your own. Money that belongs to your organization until you have taken something and cornered a part of it. It's difficult. Setting yourself up for destruction. Because when you are caught, you pay sevenfold. Because you will be caught. But you may be struggling and it's a sincere struggle. But the Holy Spirit inside of you is going to keep bearing witness. You don't have to do this anymore. You don't have to live this way anymore. You are not bound by sin. The blood of Jesus has actually set you free. You don't have to treat your wife that way anymore. The blood of Jesus has actually set you free. Because whoever is set free by the Son is free indeed. He bears witness. No condemnation. No condemnation. Zero condemnation. Zero, zero, zero condemnation. 
therefore now no condemnation. He bears witness that way. Let's see verse 14. same chapter Romans 8 and verse 14 as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons of God you see he said in the book of John 16 and verse 13 he said when he the Spirit of truth is come he said he will guide you into all truth do you know what it means to be a guide can I have one protocol person thank you you see life there can be darkness in life. And then this man, let's assume he's a car without headlamps, but I've got headlamps. And I'm his guide. With me by his side, I can direct him. There's evil coming this way. I take him away out of the path of evil. Sometimes that nudging that you are feeling, change your route, change your direction. You don't know what is in front. You don't know what God saved you from. Sometimes he told you to call your boss during the weekend. Ah, my work is only Monday to Friday. Oh. I don't do weekend work. Oh. <laughs> they were about to make a decision. The powers that be were about to make a decision. And by that call, you just fixed yourself in the equation. Nudgings. Guiding. Guiding. If you did not make that call, you will have had to wait another one year before your promotion came. Guiding. Guiding. Guiding, guiding. Ah, send that man a text. Just send him a text. Ah, okay, I just thought to greet you, sir. I celebrate you. Guiding, guiding, guiding. He will guide you into all truth. You see, when a plane is flying in the air, it has to maintain constant contact with control tower because they are setting if you are in a cockpit. I've been in a cockpit before. All you see is clouds. You can't see anything. But control tower can see because they have a radar. And what happens? The winds will come. They will beat the plane out of, out of course. Now let's look at this. Face that way. As it stands, it looks as though we are in the same position. Am I correct? Am I correct? Take two steps forward. You didn't play that game when you were supposed to say, Mom, Father, may I? But what has happened? Separation. Not only separation, but wrong direction. If a plane does not take course correction in his life, it will end up in Guatemala when he was going for Spain. The, the winds of life can beat you out of course. But when you are constantly, constantly in koinonia, nudgings, take course correction, two degrees east. Yeah, you to take course correction, two degrees east. Winds come again, take course correction, two degrees east. Winds come again, take course correction, two degrees west. At the end of the day, the path may not be straight, but we'll get to our destination. He's our guide. Little, little, little nudgings. Little, little, little nudgings. Adjustments here, adjustments there. At the end of your life, you have a track record of having followed him. And then you get to the center stage that you truly desire. Let's put our hands together for him. Verse 15, Romans 8 and verse 15. Bible says, 
we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but we have received the spirit of adoption come on say no fear here come on say no fear here Bible says the wicked run when no one pursues but the lion are, the righteous are bold as a lion boldness comes when you have just heard him in the morning or whenever time that you have scheduled for koinonia It's easy to submit that proposal when he knows, go, and back in. It's easy to enter into that new field where he says, where you have heard, go, and back in you. When there's a witness on your inside. Your adoptive rights. He bears witness. Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba. Somebody just say, Abba, Father. Acts 13 and verse 1, he bears witness concerning our calling. Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, to a walk. But all these are after koinonia has been sorted out. Come on, say koinonia. And then finally, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 67. He bears witness concerning our empowerment. Come on, say empowerment. Come on, say I'm empowered. I can't hear you say I'm empowered. The power of God is upon me. The power of God is within me. I've not received the spirit of bondage to fear. But I have the power of God. Resident on my inside. In the name of Jesus. So how do we... How do we do koinonia? We have this more sure word of prophecy, which is the word of God. Pastor Ellie, beautiful initiative. I must, I must say, beautiful, beautiful initiative. You see, you live in a busy world. But no matter how busy a car is, it must receive well to move. No matter how busy a car is, are you as busy as those yellow buses? Don't you see how, how much they queue inside filling stations? Always in a hurry. But they must still pump and calm down and buy from. You are using energy that you received in January, in August. It can't work. Tell somebody inside you, it can't work. Koinonia empowers you. You receive insight. He said he will show you things to come. How does he know things to come? He invented it. Why will he show you things to come? He wrote it. And he knows how to get you to get to things to come. He wrote it. He created it. He curated it. He put it line upon line. He put it all together. He was there at creation. And not only in the word, he spent time to pray. Beautiful initiative by Pastor Ellie. Just by, we're going to be launched by next week, I believe. Spend time in the word listen to a message and you write thoughts and that's it you are energized for the day in closing let's read that scripture we started with 2 Corinthians chapter 1 chapter 4, 13 verse 14 1, 2, ready and read the grace Let's pause, let's pause, let's wait for everyone. Are you ready? One, two, ready and read. 
the grace, the favour and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the presence and fellowship, communion, sharing together and participation in the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So be it. Did you learn anything this morning? Why not go ahead and give God thanks? We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.